Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The way you prevent this from happening is you find out who did it, you prosecute them, and you sentence them to death, and by God, you carry out the death sentence. That's how you prevent crimes like this from happening. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles. I am Donnie, your host, and with me is my partner in crime, who knew that his childhood was over when he went to sleep on the couch and woke up on the couch. It is Dale. <laughs> this is probably more like in the floor, but we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just being nice, dude. <laughs> How's it going, man? Man, I'm great. How are you? Um, I'm awesome. Glad to see you. Good to be back in here. It's good to have you back in the crack house, bud. Damn right. Yep. So uh, before we get started, I'd like to give a shout out to a buddy of mine, um, old Bo. I uh, really appreciate it, man. He come and helped me out this week. Uh, we were in a bad situation, and I really needed somebody pretty bad. And, man, he showed up and did me a big favor and... I just want to tell you how much I appreciate it, man. And uh, I'm going to be sending you out a crack house shirt. And, uh, man, I just thank you very much. And I'm sure you made your dad proud. It's good to have some buds out there, man. Oh, yeah. I, was, I mean, you never yeah. know when something's going to happen. Or I was in a fix, too, buddy. I didn't know what I was going to do. Well, he saved the day. That's it. Well, it's, everything's all good now, right? Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Well, good. All right, Dale, we, we've got a case this week, man. And, you know, we really we discussed doing a Halloween case you know something scary something spooky but this case that we're doing this week is scary in itself man things like this you know wake people up in the middle of the night thinking about oh yeah and especially you know where this happened and the sheriff that's involved you know him trying to solve this case we know we're going to tell more about it but you know he even, he even says he wakes him up in the middle of the night and that's the first thing he thinks about every day is this case well this is one that you know, reminds you of people you know just a you know just a elderly couple and in their own house and mind their own business and then fate comes knocking bam uh, but anyway this is the unsolved murder of russell and shirley Dermond. and dale this is a big mystery in a gated community in edenton georgia and this is located on lake oconee georgia which is a huge lake Tell us a little bit about Lake Oconeydale. It's a it's a huge lake, boasting it's around uh, nineteen thousand acres with over three hundred and seventy four miles of shoreline, and it's located between Atlanta and Augusta, Georgia. And uh, Oconee uh, means great waters, so pretty saying it's a pretty large, pretty large lake. It's the second largest lake in Georgia, running through Greene, Putnam, Morgan, and Hancock counties. So it, it encompasses four counties. Four counties. That's big, big lake big lake yep and it is a man-made lake by the way yes it is and this case takes place in reynolds great water community it's a pretty big community i think there's uh we've read where there's about 600 residents in this community alone 
Yeah, just this part of it. Yeah, just this part, and it's also on a golf course. All right, talking a little bit about Russell and Shirley Dermond. Russell was a World War II veteran, and he also, when he got out of the services, he was a executive. Executive, yes, for a clock manufacturer. Correct. He had time on his hands, that's for sure. That's sure he did. And then bought a bunch of a chain of Hardee's restaurants. Yeah, franchise, and uh, eventually opened, uh, owned up to nineteen different Hardee's restaurants. Yeah, nineteen Hardee's, which his sons helped him manage. Yep, and then later on, he got on up in his age, and he sold out some of these franchises to his sons. Yeah, he did. That they were managing, helping manage. He was backing out slowly as he was getting a little older. He just didn't want to have nothing to do. He's ready to play golf and chill. That's it. All right, Dale, we're going to get into the the beef of this case, and. It starts out on May the 2nd, 2014, and Russell Derman is seen walking the golf course near his home, and it appears to be the last time he is seen in public. This is a Thursday? I'm thinking it is on a Thursday, so. yeah. And a few days before, his wife Shirley had played a regular bridge game with, I guess, uh, ladies in there in the neighborhood. Yeah, they had a bridge club. Yeah, they were uh, pretty friendly with uh, a lot of other folks in the neighborhood, and they all stayed in contact and you know would tell each other when they were going places and different things like that yeah pretty uh socially active yeah close-knit yes now on may the 3rd russell and judy had accepted an invitation from their neighbors to attend a kentucky derby party right and for those of you who don't know this is a big horse race yeah and people get dressed up <clears throat> different things big hats yeah it's all about the big hats but uh, Russell and Judy never showed up. The ones holding the party, they didn't think nothing about it. You know, they just they figured, well, life gets in the way, and they had something else come up and just didn't show up. Right. It was kind of odd that they didn't call, say they weren't going to come, but really no big deal. Yeah. After a couple of days, the couple who was hosting the party deal were calling the house and got no answer. Right. They tried to call Sunday, couldn't reach them because they uh, thought it was still odd that they hadn't heard anything from them. And then they tried again on Monday to call and still was getting no answer at all. So Tuesday morning, her and her husband, they decided they would go over and check out the house. Yeah. Their house was a four-bedroom home. And this was a million-dollar home, Dale. It was well-kept. I mean, Shirley kept an immaculate house. Yep. Everything in its place, everything neat and orderly. It was, you know, nothing out of place ever. You know, people said that they went to their home. You know, it was just... Immaculate. Yeah, it looked like it was set up by a realtor. It was so perfect. Yep. All right. And this home was right on the lake, too. Very nice. And they got to the house, and they found the back door unlocked. And the husband and wife, you know, they went in calling out to the Dermans, and they walked into every room into this uh, 4,255-square-foot estate. And nothing was out of place. You know, they just like, you know, they're just not home. But Dale, the garage was a different story. Behind the couple's Lexus SUV and their Lincoln Town Car was Russell's body. Right. Yeah. Of course, they didn't know it at first. But no, he they knew it was a body, but they didn't wasn't sure if it was Russell. Yeah, they went into the garage and didn't see anything. And I think the garage, from everything I've read too, that you had to go down some steps to get into yeah, the garage. A uh, three step drop. So I think they, the first time they just looked opened the door and looked in the garage didn't see anything right they went in and checked the house didn't see anything the husband went to the garage he opened the door and he said well both cars are here so they they looked through the house again to make sure they didn't miss something so when he went back to actually check the garage out a little more thorough he walked down the steps and that's when he finally seen the body 
Yeah, you saw Russell's body laying there. And what was even more worse, Dale, his head was gone. Yep, decapitated. Yeah. And they also noticed, too, that towels had been placed around his body to keep blood from draining under the garage door. Right. They were trying to keep that body under wraps as long as they could. Nobody knew because they were worried it was going to run out into the driveway and then someone would see it. So, yeah, this bought them at least three days time yep. after the murder had happened, supposedly. All right. And like I said, this towels around the body also kept blood from going in the garage door and out onto the driveway. Right. And they were still looking through the house, but Shirley was nowhere to be found. Nope. And neither was his head. Yep. Both so were missing. It was just Russell's body. All right. And according to authorities, he was decapitated after he was dead. So it was post-mortem. So, yeah. So don't worry. It Due to the happen. lack of blood or anything like that. They no. didn't see any blood splatter or anything like that. Right, right. No, uh, it wasn't that much blood. The arterial spray and sp- was not around. Yeah. The local sheriff there, Howard Seals, was called out to the site. Also, the FBI were brought in. A reward was offered, and over the following week, Howard Seals brought in cadaver dogs. He had divers drag the lake behind the Dermans' property, but no trace of Shirley was found. No. It used everything, the most advanced equipment he could get, even our robots to go around the bottom so they actually could see on the bottom. And uh, never found nothing. They searched the whole cove. According to him, they searched every inch of that cove behind their house to see if they could find her. But when they first found Russell's body, and they couldn't find Shirley at all, they actually thought that she could have been behind it. Yeah, well, it wasn't ruled out. That's for sure. It was not ruled out. Russell was 88 at the time, yeah. and Shirley was 87. Yeah. So yeah. He said he knew that he didn't think that she was the one who would cut his head off, but, you know, you never can rule out everything. Yeah, you have to, you have don't to, know. You have to look at every possibility. All right. They had uh, three kids, two boys and a daughter. Right. Actually, they had four children. Yeah, one had been killed in a drug-related homicide. Yeah, but... The children were out of town at the time during this, so they they weren't suspects, but they had they had a pretty good solid alibi. But they still took polygraph, right? And all their cell phones, so they weren't lying, and they passed the polygraph. Yeah. So, at you know, at this point in the game, you know, they're a weekend after after the murders, and nothing. They don't have anything to go on. All they have is Russell's body without his head, right? And they are searching the lake. They're doing everything they can to find out what happened. You know, they're not finding anything in the house that shows any kind of a struggle or anything. It's just Russell's body there in the garage. Yeah. No, and it wasn't like and he said they didn't think he was actually killed there. Only he was decapitated in the garage. So they think that, you know, he was taken somewhere else, killed and brought back? Uh, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they couldn't find any, find anything outside. They didn't find any blood residue on the docks in the yard. And they searched everywhere and just didn't find anything. It's just like. With uh, Mrs. Derman not being found, you know, they thought that she might have had something to do with this. Because either that or she was abducted, you know, one of the two. Yeah. Had she been kidnapped, had she run off. But get this, Dale, her purse, her cell phone, and her car keys were still in the house. Right. So, you know. So it kind of can rule out anything she had something to do with it, I would think. And she also done the USA Today crossword puzzle. Right. Every day. And it was still on the table partially finished with the pencil there so that was just that was just part of her routine and that was one that she had gotten on friday so they know they were still alive then so it had to be somewhere 
either late Friday night or early Saturday. But with it done, the kid said that she always did the crossword puzzle in the morning. So, so Saturday morning, we're saying she's they're they're still alive on Saturday morning at least. Yeah. All right, Dale. On May the sixteenth, two men out fishing about six miles from the Dermans' home came upon a woman's body floating face down. Her ankles were tied to a 30-pound, actually tethered to two 30-pound cinder blocks. Right, and this is 10 days after they had found the headless body in the, in the garage. Yeah, so they found the body, and Sheriff Howard Seals was called out. He arrived by boat and personally pulled the body from the water. It was Shirley Dermond. Fully clothed. Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah, she, everything they reported, she had not been sexually assaulted. Nope. And the only thing they could find that were possible cause of murder were multiple blows to her head with some kind of blunt object. Yeah, around like a hammer. Yeah. She was, like I said, Dale said she was fully clothed. Yep, shoes on, shoes tied, pants, everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they did say, before you think about it, she was not drowned. She had been hit in the head with a hammer, so she was not alive when they sunk her in the lake, or yep. whoever sunk her in the lake. All right. The sheriff has interviewed hundreds of people, at least you know, that's what he estimates. And on a single day, coordinating with several law enforcement agencies, 250 people were questioned. The couple's bank, their bank records have been scrutinized. The, the children went to the safe deposit box, and the the authorities were there when they opened the box. Yep, just to make sure. And there was nothing in there that was suspicious or anything like that. Their wheels were combed thoroughly. Nothing suspicious in there. Their phone records. Yeah, thousands of pages. Is yeah. Trying to find some link somewhere. Yeah, nothing. Couldn't find anything. The phone records were examined. And even the cell phone towers, you know, showed where they were. And like I said, the three children were separately given polygraph tests, and they all passed. Right. And Russell Derman's head has never been recovered. Nope. And Dale, in the home, they found no unusual fingerprints, DNA, or anything. No, nothing. And they searched everywhere. He said he made the comment um, that there's probably been enough fingerprint powder put in that house that you could fill up the back of a pickup truck. That's how thorough they was, and they didn't find anything. Sheriff Seals even said that this is the most case, frustrating case he's ever seen. He said he knows that people get tired of hearing me say that, that he wakes up every morning to think about it, and he has to go to sleep thinking about it, but he does it every day. All right, Dale, let's, let's talk about some of the theories and possibilities on this case. Um, there was a neighbor that spotted a man yep in the yard and then i was wondering i heard an interview he said he said that she didn't see him very clearly but she did see a man so there's not like they could have got a description or do a do a drawing or anything it's like and he said the foliage is pretty thick their neighbors weren't very close to the house so it's kind of like she was looking maybe through some trees or something and just saw somebody walking and thought maybe it could, maybe it even could be russell but he don't think so he thinks maybe it was part of whoever or if it was more than one and which he thinks it is the assailants he thinks that's who it was it was definitely that and that's about the only clue they've got their home is very secluded it is wooded in the very back of a cul-de-sac in the corner 
so anything that's seen, you know, it'd be hard to identify anything right. like that. And they, no, they only had a neighbor on one side, and it weren't very close. Yeah. So, all right. Another possible theory is that, you know, it was a case of mistaken identity. Could be. Um, that maybe it was a hit for somebody, then it just went wrong. Another theory is that, you know, they were, whoever done this murder was sending a message to somebody else. Could be. You know, you could do that, uh, the mistaken identity, you know, especially if, because I think they came by boat. I don't think they came in. You know, they had a guard shack at this place, and you had to check in or check out. The, of course, you know, they had surveillance at the guard shack, but, but get this always happens. Get this, Dale. That day that the murders took place, the cameras weren't working at the guard shack. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's always happens. It always it? happens on this on stuff like this. But they questioned everybody coming and going, gardeners and mailman yeah and anybody uh, handyman everybody and to get into this community you had to have a code yep. to get in well they had a guard at the shack yeah you had to stop and actually talk to the guard at the shack it was a man 24 hours a day and anybody that come you know you know to work on anything or maintenance you know they had to call yep they had to call wherever you were going and make sure you were going where you're saying you're going yeah so it was a pretty tight-knit community as far yeah. as security goes right. now, i ain't saying you couldn't slide in there but it, it was not simple so that's why you know i think that whoever did this came by boat yeah and uh that's what i was thinking or what i was going to say uh, that could be the mistaken identity you know because you ain't looking at the mailbox if you're sliding up you know coming in by the boat yeah and their you, their you name was house. prominent on their mailbox yeah very everything i've read it was dermond on the mailbox yep so but if you came in from i mean their house front was actually toward the lake. The, house, the back of the house was actually toward the road, so it was kind of built facing the lake. But still, if you didn't know exactly where you're looking for, it could be easy to get the wrong house, mm-hmm. especially on that lake as big as it is. Yeah, and there too that you know Shirley's body, where it was found, was only accessible by boat. Yep, in the deepest part of the lake, it was uh, fifty to sixty feet deep, I think. Yeah, so somebody knew this lake pretty well to, to do that. Yeah, I don't think they just rented a boat and went. Sheriff Seals checked into all that, all boat rentals, and even checking to see if anybody's boat was stolen or used and still come up empty there, too. So I think it's somebody who knew the lake or knew the lake and definitely knew what their, where they were going to go when they went there. And uh, he said when they found the body that they thought it had moved less than 100 yards from where it was, had been sunken. Is that correct? Yeah. And uh, Sheriff Seals said, according to the professionals that he had talked to, that the body, with the currents in that in that lake, the body wouldn't move more than a, a thousand, or hundred yards from the place where it was sunk in to, in, to begin with, and it was hung up on some trees that were under the water, you know, because it was a man-made lake, so there's going to be trees and stuff in there, and as there, that's why the guys were fishing there because of those trees, and the body was actually hung up on one of those trees. Mm-hmm. So somebody knew what they were doing. They took us somewhere they thought it'd never be found, but those gases built up in that body and actually bloated her to twice the size that she was when she went down and pulled her and those blocks up off the ground. Forced that, those two cinder blocks to the surface. Yeah. So that was, that's pretty pretty crazy. And, you know, too, they never found Russell's head. You know, I think, too, that that, bag, that head was put in a bag and thrown in the lake, too. Yeah, that's very possible. It wouldn't build those gases up like a body would, you know, it just still be in a bag you know and us talking about the you know them coming in by boat to to do this the dermans didn't own a boat 
No, they, they had, had a dock. It. Yeah, they had so they had a boat, but they had sold it. I think two years prior. Yeah, but they did have a dock down there that you know somebody could come up and park the boat and do what they need to do. If that if that's the best the case on this, definitely. But you know they were an elderly couple. They were I guess they were trying to downsize a little bit. You know they didn't need a boat. Um, and they were at the point in their life even Russell had given up golf. Yeah, he just, just just walk. Yeah, he was just they'd gotten that elderly. And there's another theory too. You know, they they did at first think, you know, it's always somebody they know. Even the that's why the the children took polygraphs. Right. And but why would they you know murder their parents over something like this? Them being elderly, just you know, just wait a few years and get the money. Right. And really, they didn't have that much money. I mean, they were well off, but they were just really frugal their whole life. So it's not like they had made a ton of money. And uh, there was another little bit of information that, that they let out later that they actually found some uh, GSR on the back of Russell's shirt. And I was thinking maybe if they found uh, gun residue, that maybe that's why they took his head. Could maybe, be. Maybe he had, you know, ballistics reasons. But, you, you know, we don't, we don't know that for sure. It's just me speculating. Mm-hmm. So I don't know because I was just thinking, why would they take his head and then take her and then leave him, especially if they weren't killed there? Why? Unless you're sending a message to somebody, but to who? You know, and that's why I think, you know, it could be a, a case of mistaken identity. Them coming in and them wanting something from them and, and them not having them, making them go somewhere to, to get something. Right. And they can't. Because yeah, uh, they were saying that they were. Uh, there's money and credit cards, cash in the house. They didn't have ATM cards, but they had credit cards, and they were cash in the house. And there were actually two Rolex washes, and some artwork and stuff, and nothing. Cell phones. Nothing was taken. Cell phones, laptop. Laptop was still on the table, open. Jewelry. Yeah, everything. Nothing was taken. I mean, except his head. Yeah, and I mean, if they needed you know cash for something that they could you know took that stuff and pawned it. Yeah, got some cash for it. But yeah, they took nothing out of the house. No. When the kids came in and looked around, you know, you know, you don't know everything your parents have, but they looked around, they didn't see anything that was taken. It's really crazy. And then they said that the head was moved removed and not quite surgically, but it really wasn't just hacked off. They they kinda knew what they were doing. Like they kinda used the shirt the shirt ring and his collar as a guide to, to cut it off. But it was pretty clean with a really sharp knife. But mm-hmm. I don't know. So you kind of think that it was, maybe it's professional and they knew what they were doing. But I think, personally, if they knew what they were doing, they would have hacked her up a little bit where that gases wouldn't release and she'd still be at the bottom of the lake. But what do I know? Yeah. And that's why I'm thinking. It's a pretty gory story, really. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good for Halloween, that's for sure. But that's why I'm thinking it's just a mistaken identity. That they were, they were targeting someone else and you know they could identify these people now and they just they just done a job right so you think they were after money or something or is you think it was a revenge type thing um i don't know even uh sheriff seals even the one of the first things he did was he checked with the fbi to see if they this couple was under the witness protection yeah, program yeah yeah and you know that they were being targeted because it looked mob-like because these people were really out of new jersey i mean originally out mm-hmm. of new jersey so they could have mob ties and plus with the fast food background because they said there was a case in new york where a lady was killed and in her head taken and her background was fast food as well but they got that guy and he was actually in prison when this happened so they don't think it's related but they're saying that the 
really this kind of a murder where someone's head's taken is very percentages are very low like really only three in the last couple years and then actually when the head is actually taken i mean cut off and then taken away from the scene is even less than that so the percentages are really really low so it's a really strange crime Mm -hmm. and a very uh rare one at that yeah so and it kind of looked mobbish you know kind of thing but i don't i just don't know because they just unless unless your theory is right about the wrong house at the wrong time but these fellas just showed up seemed like to me on saturday afternoon and rolled in and I don't know where they killed him at, though, unless they took him away, questioned him, figured out it was wrong. But why would you bring him back? Just to, I don't know. And that's why they locked, you know, they put him in the garage, I guess. And this Tudel, you know, when they found the body three days later, the, the decomposition wasn't that much at all. Yeah. Because I mean, their, their house was an upper-end house. They had an air-conditioned garage. Yeah. And they think that's what kept him from decomposing so much. Oh, yeah, Georgia heat would have been rough in a garage. Oh, yeah. About that. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, it would have been rough. So that's why I'm thinking. You know, it was a hit gone wrong. It was a mistaken identity. They they took them and they could identify who it was after that. So they just got rid of them. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking that. You know, I don't know if they investigated everybody in that neighborhood about their background. If maybe somebody else in the neighborhood was under witness protection, if yeah, possible. If um, you know somebody else had a, I know they checked them all as far as checked their, you know, I checked them out as far as being maybe something to do with the murder. But as far as going into that deep, I don't know. That's a good question. That, that's what I would want to. If you know, if anybody was any doing drugs or selling drugs out of that neighborhood, because this was an upscale neighborhood, and, you there, know, you yeah. had to you had to have money to live there. Yeah, like uh, musicians and. Uh, just lots of uh, really wealthy people. And a lot of these houses weren't uh, year-round houses. They were just half, you know, summer houses for some of these super wealthy people. Yeah, during the winter months, I mean, there was nobody there hardly. No, it said it, like, doubled. The population doubled in the summer from, you know, so it's, even though it was outstanding up, uppity neighborhood, they weren't always there. So they get people have houses all over the place, I guess. So this was at the beginning of May, so summer was getting yeah. underway. So I guess people were coming in slowly. Mm-hmm. And maybe they, that's why I'm thinking they were looking for somebody. They, you know, whoever done this hit were looking for someone else. Because, you know, everything the police found out about uh, Russell and Shirley, they had nothing in their background. No. no. They were just an elderly retired couple. Just World War II veteran who had got out and went to work and built up and bought him some, some Hardys and sold them off to his kids and was trying to play golf. Other yep. than that, that's, that's about the simple life yeah that's all and she wanted to play bridge and he wanted to play golf and then when he got hell he was past that so he really he was he was just walking and she was getting where she was a little more feeble so they were probably getting ready to downsize that's why they had sold their boat to begin with and they had been married for 62 years still wow and yeah so this this case has really baffled me when i first heard about it a while back yeah, and this is the only case that Sheriff Seals, the only murder case he has never solved in his county. Yeah, so that's why it eats at him. That's why he's... And if you've ever heard an interview with this guy, he reminds you of a... You'd think Tommy Lee Jones used his guy as, as the, one of the many sheriffs he's played in movies. He's, he's just a cigar-smoking, boot-wearing country sheriff and gets the job done. Yeah, he don't, he don't seem to mind who 
whose toes he steps on no. or what he says. No, he don't. Yeah, he whatever gets it done. Yeah. He's he's pretty pretty hardcore sheriff. All right, Dale. I've I've weighed in on my theories. What theories do you have on it? I mean Yeah, I don't know. I I'm just trying to figure it out myself. You know, whether it could be that. I don't know. Uh, I don't think it was robbery. I don't think uh it definitely wasn't sexual. And I don't know, I don't really don't it doesn't seem like it was just random. I don't know, maybe mob hit might fit but it's just weird but it, it would have to go back to yours almost even if it was that but because why would they kill him unless one of their kids had some kind of secret there were they owed somebody a bunch of money but they checked into all that and couldn't find anything but you know if you owed somebody a lot of money gambling debts or something like that that's not something to do i think the only thing they did find on one of the kids was they had a lien on their house you know and but that really, and you know, it could mean something, and it could not mean something. You know, you can get a lien for not paying any taxes one year or something. But. Yeah, and I don't think that's enough to, you know, to. No. But that, but just that's just saying that was all they found. This guy didn't know Hillary Clinton, did he? <laughs> I think this might have been a little bit before the the Clinton got involved on things. But uh, you know, he was a war a veteran. You know, maybe it was. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it would be something. Something to do with this, something maybe he knew. I don't know. He was, uh, you'd think if he had secrets, he was going to tell them before he was 88 years old. I don't know. It just seemed like just, just a simple couple and in the wrong place at the wrong time, even though they're in their own house. Mm hmm. Somebody showed up Saturday afternoon and just, I don't, I don't know. It just still blows my mind that they say he wasn't killed in the, in the house. But I guess they didn't rule out that he wasn't killed in the garage or if they don't say in the house means in the house. I guess if they shot him in the head, they could have shot him and then took the head rare after he's dead. Mm-hmm. But especially if if the if the bullet remained inside, then it wouldn't make. Uh, I guess I don't know. I never shot anybody in the head, <laughs> but, but I don't think it would be if it, if it remained inside. It wouldn't make super a super big mess. Even though you know when you because the body had been moved, uh, slightly at least a foot and a half or drug according to uh, the blood smear on the floor when they had put the, the towels all around because he was still in his uh, pajamas. He still had on his robe and his slippers was laying there. So he hadn't even got dressed for the day and Shirley had got up and gotten up and got dressed but she said she always did and he was kind of, if he didn't really have something to do, he was just going to lounge around a while. So I think these cats just show up out of the blue and catch them by surprise and uh, it's just a bad day for men on out. You know, even uh, very too that could have been a disgruntled employee but still you know i think if you're gonna murder somebody you would take something you yeah. know because every murder mystery i've ever researched or anything they always take something there's always a a memento or some kind of something he took his head yeah but you know he's not gonna put you put a head up on your mantle i don't think unless you're jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. he had a whole different reason though i guess yeah I don't know. This is really a baffling case, and it's sad. Uh, pretty gory to just come in and kill somebody, and then this is probably the most goriest case we've done. Yeah, as far as uh, this type of crime. Yeah, definitely. This is right on up there. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, you got anything to add to this episode? No, and it's still to this day they ain't, they don't have anything else, do they? They don't have nothing. Uh, but I did read too that one of the children the Derman kids said that uh, you know 
Sheriff Seals, is, you know, this is the only one he hadn't solved, but he honestly believes that it will be solved, that Sheriff Seals will find out who, who committed this murder. Yeah, I think he, he believes it was uh, more than one person, and, and in most uh, most cases in his scenarios, there's more than two people. So he's hoping maybe somewhere down the road that it's going to eat at one of them and they're going to flip and make that phone call. But he said, other than that, that's all he can really hope for because there's no, nothing coming out. Do you think that – you know, them taking Shirley's body out into the lake, that they separated the couple, trying to find out something, trying to get something from them. You know, that Very it possible. could be a mistaken identity, thinking that he had some kind of information, some kind of something that they needed. Said, hey, we've got your wife out here on the boat. Yeah, you where's need, this or where's that? Or, or we're going to do this to her. Yeah, or we're going to take her out. And then, and then him being a veteran, he could have fought back. He might, you know, he's even though he was eighty-eight and frail, he's still a veteran and a fighter at heart. You know, That's he, it. he fought in World War Two, so he he wasn't just some kickover. So, you know, that could have and that could have that, and it just shot him. You know, but they did say he had like defense. What another baffling thing to me when we uh, I don't know if we said anything about this, but he had some defensive wounds on his hand. Yes, he did. Uh, and it was a, one of them was a pretty good cut on his finger, almost to his wrist. But he, if okay, he was dead when they decapitated him. So it wasn't like he was fighting back as they were trying to take his head and they shot him. So maybe that was wondering, you know, cause so the, they had a knife, apparently had a gun and a hammer. So where in this was, so I'm thinking maybe he was fought back and then they shot him. Mm-hmm. And when they shot him, they, maybe the, the bullet remained inside so they had to take his head and that was probably over what they was doing to his wife so that's why it would take at least three people you got a guy with a gun a guy with a knife and then somebody in the boat with the wife true is what i'm thinking because yeah. i don't think they came through the neighborhood in the car i think they came up on a boat slid right up in there and then come in and then they're trying to find something either information or they thought they had something that they did not have and like I said, they didn't even have ATM cards, so it ain't like he could that uh, he could come and you know say, well, take us to the bank and get us some money. If the bank's closed, mm-hmm. you ain't getting no money, and even if they have it, you know, it's not accessible because they didn't have ATM cards. But they had all these valuables there at the house; they could have took. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's not as easy to get rid of, you know, or as untraceable as cash. But still, it's something. Mm-hmm. You know, Rolexes ain't cheap. No, but it's something you could sell on, on the black market and get money for. Yeah, yeah, definitely, but. Stuff like that's what bothers me. I because you know he had those wounds on his hand, so I, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe they were questioned him about something, and then they told him what they were going to do with his wife, and he just flipped and took off after one of them, got the gashes on his hand, and maybe they shot him right there to stop that. And then pretty much from then on, there it's over from there. All they got to do is clean up and get out because they ain't going to get what they come for because he can't tell them now. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what i was looking at there's more involved with this with just a robbery or a murder there's something deep seated with this and then they didn't want to use the gun on the lake so they used the hammer yeah and then whether they just had that in the boat or brought it with them who knows but they hit her in the head a couple times and it was said it was it was pretty serious wounds i mean you know it was but pretty pretty gory and then uh lashed her up and threw her in because she so i think that was just i mean i'm well, hell, I guess he'd have to bring the the blocks wheeze. I mean, they had to have them on the boat. You just don't happen to have a couple bags of thirty pound cement blocks with you. Yeah, this was this was definitely pre- premeditated to do this. This was this is something you just don't pull them. And say, hey, let's just go right do something. They so, this was planned. They out. went there with a the plan, and whether they're at the right house to to do this plan, we don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just sad. <laughs>
Yeah, it is. It really is sad. But we hope everybody, you know, learns something from this that weigh in on it. Tell us what you think happened. Leave a comment on our, one of our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Yeah. We love to hear from our fans out there. We do. If you want to check it out, the address was 147 Carolyn Drive in Eatonton, E-A-T-O-E-N-T-O-N in Georgia, if you want to see the house. We will post a couple pictures, uh, some stuff, but uh, that is the, that was the address of their, their house. Yeah. All right, Dale. Any last words? Well, I guess that's about it, Donnie. Uh, if you guys have a happy Halloween. Yep. Go out and boo something. Yep. Scare somebody up or something. Stay safe. And, you know, you know, talking about Halloween, just something to think about. This is why I don't go to haunted forest or haunted corn maze. Because anybody can sneak in there with a real chainsaw, cut up some people, and say, and they, that's part of the show. Yeah. And just, know. Then just, just leave. Late. Yeah. So just something to think about. That's why I don't go to them. So next time you're in there and that chainsaw cranks up. It might not be the guy working there. It might not be. Jim Bob might have a real saw. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dale. We're going to get out of here. All right, buddy. We want everybody to be safe, be careful, and always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is the Crack, Crack House, House Chronicles. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.